0: Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Caster, I'm here as always with my co-host Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how was your weekend? How you doing? Weekend was good. I'm sleepy. It was uh, it was a late night late night last night. Oh yeah, that game ran ran pretty long.
1: It did. It did. And I'm quite exhausted. Because you know you know like when you're when you're trying to go to sleep. And you know you're tired. Like You're sitting on the couch. You're tired. You're struggling to stay alive. You move from the couch. You go to your bed. And all of a sudden, you find your second wind. And now you're looking at everything and anything. Just on your phone while you're laying in bed. Yes. That was me. That was me. I got into bed probably around 1.15, 1.30ish. And I was up just looking at shit on youtube for the better part of the next hour so i didn't go to sleep until like a quarter to 3
0: yeah it's kind of weird cuz it's i'm kind of like that when i come home from work i'm like surprisingly really energetic and i don't know why
1: i think it's just because you have a lot of energy from work or you're, or you're just more excited to be home more than anything else yeah well i think it's probably the latter until until the crash happens until the crash happens and yeah. then then it's uh good night st louis
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's probably that and, like, the fact that I take a shower whenever I come home from work now, so it probably wakes me up even more. I'm very happy to know your shower schedule, Adam. Well, whatever. I'm just giving you the full context of the situation. We learn something new about each other every single day. Anyway. Note to self. Are you the kind of person?
1: Shower time after WFAN
0: the kind of person that showers in the morning or, or the uh, afternoon or the evening before they go to bed.
1: Oh, morning. Me too. Morning, no doubt. No doubt because if I go to bed and like, you know, people are kind of, you know, meticulous with how they dry themselves. I understand that. I am not. I am not very meticulous. I just make sure I get all the, the, the key areas, let's say. Key areas. I make sure those are dry and then I'm good. And then the rest you know, not like soaked, but I'm not going to go and, you know, properly manicure myself if, if, if you get my gist, whereas, you know, during the morning, that's kind of okay because you're, you know, you're up and about, I'm sitting here doing this. I feel fine. You know, I'm going to be up and about and going, going around all day. If you do that at night, you're going to be laying in bed in a puddle. Yeah. Or you're, or your bed is going to be soaked because you didn't properly dry yourself. See, the hair and, is the and worst people part. That's not going to say, I'm fucking lazy. That Yes, that is 100% true. But at the same time, it's just the way I fucking roll. So fuck you, number one. Number two, I would much rather feel clean to start my day and go my day feeling clean versus – going to bed feeling clean and having a very volatile sleep where I wake up the next day and I could be covered in sweat or I just tossed and turned all night and I feel like shit and you're not going to shower in the morning.
0: Yeah. And the shower wakes you up too. It's true. It's very true. So yeah, I think whenever, so I shower in the morning mainly, but then you know I shower whenever I come home from work just because- coming from the city you got to get all the toxins out and all that but are, are you a coffee person adam not really uh, yeah i'm not either i've had it a couple times when i've had to wake up like really early for some internships i've had i've like tried getting like lattes and stuff but i've never re- it's never really caught on to me
1: see i like coffee i, I have coffee pretty regularly but my thing is coffee puts me to sleep like i'll have i'll have a double espresso and i'll be ready to take a nap it does the complete opposite to me of what it does to everybody else. Yeah. But now if it's like straight sugar, now if I have something like, I don't know, a, a, a Jolly Rancher, let's just say. Jolly Rancher, sure. Haven't had one in probably 10 years, but Jolly Rancher, let's go with that. Those are the best. They are very good, yes. I, again, I have not had one in probably 10 years. You have a Jolly Rancher, You pop the, I pop like three of them. I'm bouncing off the walls. that <laughs> it's just straight sugar. Yeah. It's straight sugar. Where the caffeine, I, I guess because of, you know, my migraines, I'm just like programmed to the caffeine because of the shit that I take. When I have a migraine, I pop, you know, my migraine medicine and you know, it goes right to my head and it clears up the migraine and I'm good. You know, I keep going with my day and, and, and you know, that's that. But I guess, you know, for, for just normal caffeine It's not in a fucking pill, yay big, it, just, it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, that's pretty interesting, actually. So a lot of people have told me I'm fucking crazy. And yes, they, they do have a very valid point. Very, just, very valid point. Just not about that. <laughs> just not about that, yes. Um, Fuck you and your ripe smile. <laughs> <sighs>
0: It's, what, it's one of my uh, hall, the hallmarks of, of myself my personality.
1: That sounds just the only
0: thing. Anyway, so with that tangent out of the way, let's move on into the into Sunday's games. That was a very informative tangent. Yeah, no, you you know we're not just two guys talking about fantasy football or football in general. We're actual people. You get to know more about us. <laughs> Was it this time? Uh, I, I I
1: just I just had a moment. I just had a moment because I, I'm going to commit a sin here. When I listen to other podcasts, I know. Gasp! I know. Awful, awful of me. I I, I apologize. It's not even Shoot. that big of a deal. You should do your research. Shoot me dead. Shoot me dead. When I listen to other podcasts, and people do say. That we are just normal people. We're just average guys. It makes you sound like you're not a normal person because you have to tell people that you're a normal person. No shit. <laughs> but I would think if, any, if there's anybody that is more closer to norm on the normal-o-meter, it is definitely you, Adam.
0: See, this is one of those things where I can't tell if you're insulting me or complimenting me. Both. Uh, and I'm going to say I'm going to go with complimenting. because it makes Both. Fine. Whatever. I'm giving you the
1: straight answer. It is both.
0: All right. Whatever. But, yes. I see your point, though. I mean, if you if there was, like, somebody, like, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, imposter, the, the one thing they would say is, like, I'm just a normal guy. I'm just a normal person, just like you. But, no. True. But, I mean, there are a lot of scenarios where listeners or viewers think of the personalities as something, like, above human. Like, they don't Actually, treat them like real people.
1: Well, I am a god. I am above human. Yeah, you're not helping my point. Sorry, I'm just spitting out facts here. It's what I do. I am a, I'm a radio professional. I'm here spitting out facts and telling the truth about what I am. And that I am not a person. I am not a mortal man, but I am a god. Period. righty Thank you for coming to my TED talk.
0: So yeah, whatever. Let's go. Let's get into the games though, because we have a fair amount to uh, to talk about and then also previewing the Monday night game between the Rams and the Bears. Thank God there's only one Monday night game this week. Thank God. And there's no Tuesday either. Oh, thank you. Yep. I'm just I'm done with football this week. <laughs> I can only imagine. I'm so done. I'm so done. You know, this is the one like probably one week where you're more depressed about your team's result than I am.
1: Hey, do you know in the last 20 games our teams have the exact Identical record. Really? 7-13. Wow. Last 20 games.
0: That is crazy.
1: Diabolical?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, I hope Mike McCarthy gets fired so bad. Oh, I hate him.
0: Yeah. Anyway, let's start off with the Jets and the Bills. Because this game, I mean, this is so weird. This feeling that I have, it's like slight optimism. I don't get it. I've, I haven't felt this way in, since Sam Donald was drafted. Since week one of 2018, I haven't felt this way. In what way? No, I have optimism about, you know, Michael Michael P. Ryan had a really, had a, had a solid game and Denzel Mims and Sam Donald had good chemistry. It's slight chemi- It's slight optimism. The Jets are still terrible. They can score more than 10 points. They had f- four yards in the second half. Who's the head coach of your football team? It's Adam Gase.
1: Okay, I've said enough. Yeah. There is no optimism for your football team until the New York Jets fire Adam Gase. I'm aware. You're you're still going downhill. you're You're the car that's going 90 miles an hour right now, lost its brakes, and is getting ready to crash into a tree. We're waiting for the tree to crash, for the car to crash into the tree. Which is when Adam Gaze gets fired. Oh God! But then yeah, soon enough. But then, once the car crashes into the tree and Adam Gaze is fired, the only way you can go is up. Terrible analogy.
0: I, I know that is a really Absolutely bad analogy. Awful, but it gets the point across. Yes. No. Well, I think I still think. I mean, this is this proves as much as any that. It's a, I mean, in case anybody needed any more proof that this is really – this is an Adam Gaze problem. Yes. Be- yeah, this is, this is definitely not an Adam Gaze issue. Because, I mean, total logins didn't the, – the one thing he took from Adam Gaze is that he's so stubborn that he can't adjust to anything. But the play calling was still inventive. It was creative. It was, ne- it was refreshing. I was going to
1: say, a little bit of that game that I actually did watch – when the Jets were on offense and I have to go back obviously and, w- and watch the games over again, just to see more of it. But the little bit that I did see was, you know, going through red zone was that the Jets offense definitely looked creative. Like it had a whole new look to it. And there was a point where I don't know whether it was that the, the Bill's offense was sputtering. Cause that first half was just ugly from the Bill's offense. we'll get to that uh, in a, in a minute with the, uh, with the buyer's sales. But, the Jets' offense actually looked like it was trying to offer something. And it, it, it was unfortunate that Jameson Crowder didn't play in that game because I thought that Jameson Crowder, you know, that, that game was calling for a Jameson Crowder-like performance. And maybe for some Jets fans, they can say it was a good thing that Jameson Crowder was not playing in that game because maybe Jameson Crowder would have been the reason that the Jets won the game. And quite frankly, you do not want to be winning football games if you are the New York Jets.
0: Oh, I want to win at least one because I don't want to be another. I want to be the third team to go 0 and 16.
1: Fair, fair. You want to win one. Yeah. But once once you win the one, then you could lose the rest of the way. Yes. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I, I can respect that.
0: Well, I'm still of the mind that the Jets can go three and 13 for the rest of the way, but their three wins if but if their three wins come against the Patriots and the Dolphins, then I am totally fine with that. Also.
1: That I think that takes you out of the number one pick, though because you have the giants that are absolutely terrible you have the jaguars that are absolutely terrible then you have yourselves that are absolutely awful and then who knows what the hell happens with Dallas
0: i mean i think the giants are probably- That's
1: something else that nobody's talking about is yes. with the way that defense is playing with the way that there's just nobody at quarterback right now nobody's talking about Dallas potentially having a top 5 pick nobody Atlanta is in very much in the same boat. Houston, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, yeah. But I think if Houston though, were to get a top five pick, they would probably be looking to trade out just because they need they need draft picks desperately. That's true. So if they were to get a top five pick, that's a prime opportunity to trade out. They own their first round pick? No. No. They traded it to um, Miami for mm. Laramie Tunsell. Oh
0: my God. Bill O'Brien. What a guy! Um, Bill right, O'Brien back. is the human Herschel Walker trade. You aren't kidding. He just loves
1: trading draft picks like fucking Yu-Gi-Oh cards. All right, so buy or sell from this game. I'm gonna go. I'll go with one from the for the, the, the Bills. We talked a lot about the Jets. Uh, buy
0: or sell. Stephon Diggs, is the top ten receiver, the rest of the way. I don't. I'm. I don't think I'm gonna sell that. I just don't think this is a game where. If Stephon Diggs is going to have a good game, then it was going to be this game. and he's going up against like what Pierre Desire, Lamar Jackson. Come on, this is the this is the kind of game where he needed to have a good game. I think it was very scary when he was down on the field. I think it was late in the second quarter, where they thought he was he was injured. It was like a serious thing, where he made that uh, he almost made that diving catch. It like hit him right in the right in the hand, but. Um, I mean, I don't know him and Cole Beasley were basically even as far as targets are concerned and Cole Beasley had the much better game uh, of the two. So I, I don't know. I just, for right now, I don't really think that he's going to be a top 10 receiver going forward, just because there are a lot of good receivers
1: uh, out there. I actually do buy it. I think that he will be a top 10 receiver uh, going forward. I mean, I look at his schedule coming up. It's, It does get a little tough. New England next week, of course, he'll be getting the Stephon Gilmore experience. But look at the rest of the way. Seattle, that looks okay. Arizona looks great, considering they just got fucking torched by Tyler Lockett to a top three fantasy day of all time, which we'll get to. Then they have their bye. Then they have the Chargers, and he'll have to go up. Go up against Casey Hayward, that should be it should be fine for someone like Stephon Diggs. Then he goes to San Francisco, which is okay, against Pittsburgh, which people aren't talking about how if you get by that front seven for Pittsburgh, that secondary can be had a little bit. So I'm not really too cautious about that matchup against Pittsburgh, especially when that's in uh, fantasy championships as well. Then he has a really nice one, Week 15 at Denver, and then Week 16, He goes to Foxborough and takes on the Patriots, who are well and truly terrible, and we'll get to that in a little while. So uh, I'm going to buy that, actually. I just think that you look at the targets that he gets on a weekly basis, it's basically his floor you're talking about. He averages around 9, 10 targets a game. That is just exactly what you're looking for in PPR. I will give you that I don't believe that he is a top 10 play in – Non PPR, but I think at PPR, given the amount of injuries that have happened at the receiver position, which we will get to, drop in production for some guys as well. I think Stephon Diggs is locked and loaded as a top ten play for the rest of the year in PPR leagues, and you continue to fire up as as so. I was a little bit surprised. I, I agree with you, Adam, on the front that the usage was a little off. Uh, In this game for Stefan Diggs, but I think that this is an outlier sort of game 10.8. And, you know, it's one week. It's not really going to, you know, kill you considering, you know, what he's done the rest of the way. So if you're annoyed with how Stefan Diggs bombed this week, quote, bombed, um, look at the rest of his weeks because odds are he kept you in a lot of matchups over the course of the last six weeks.
0: Yeah. Buy or sell, the Bills' running backs are not worth trusting besides well josh out does josh allen even count
1: no no yeah. i'm assuming you're talking about singletary and moss yes so i i sell that i i think singletary is you can trust him to a point i think if you're looking at him as a low-end rb2 then that's a buy yes but i think if you're looking at him as a high-end flex and a guy that'll get you maybe 15 to 18 touches a game, then I sell that because I think as a, as a high end flex, that's good production. And maybe it's a matter of that people were just expecting a little too much from Devin Singletary coming in. I do. I do think that Devin Singletary is better than Zach Moss, but it's very clear that the bills like using Zach Moss a lot. They want to incorporate him into the offensive game plan and, That hurts Devin Singletary, but that's why I've been saying I view him as a high-end flex, and 15 to 18 touches is totally fine for a high-end flex. So I'm going to sell that because I think Singletary has value going forward.
0: Let's move on to the Browns and the Bengals. Uh, This game was very notable for the fact that uh, we learned this morning that Odo Beckham Jr. will be out for the season with a torn ACL.
1: I'm surprised you didn't use the, um, the, the, the trigger word there that everyone was saying 500 times during the broadcast yesterday, the
0: Battle of Ohio. No, yeah. I used it, I used it before for the preview. So, Oh, great. It's it. Th- it's either the Battle of Ohio or I think it's the Paul Brown Derby because that's better. Much better. Subver- subversive. Nobody uses it. The Paul Brown Derby. Anyway. jeez! now I want to bring out the character. <laughs> I miss him. We have a Samaje Pirine sighting. I, I saw that. I saw that, and I literally said to myself, Samaje Pirine? I haven't heard that name since 2017. Holy shit. That thing's still alive?
1: Sure, nice why Sopranos, not? Nice Sopranos reference for anybody that gets that. Yeah.
0: Um, Oh, boy. You know, this is one of those games where I was surprised that, like, when I I was watching this on the ticker, I was like, Baker Mayfield was 0-for-1 with an interception and zero yards in the second quarter. Oh, my God, this game is going to be terrible. And then they came back to win. Baker Mayfield threw five touchdowns.
1: Baker Mayfield does this. And there were a couple – of, uh, of questions that I got over the weekend in terms of lineup starts. And a lot of them involved Baker Mayfield. And I told people start him because this is what he does in great matchups against soft defenses, he balls out. And I mean, after the game, you know, the whole, you know, the whole dancing thing and, 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 you know, all of that, you're talking to a white guy. It's got no rhythm whatsoever. That, for me, is the biggest issue that I have with Baker Mayfield of all, is that they beat the lowly Cincinnati Bengals in a, a comeback win. I, I understand that. But they beat the, the Cincinnati Bengals, who are not a good football team, and you have Baker Mayfield wanting to do dances around the locker room. I can understand that if you're playing the Steelers or if you're playing the Baltimore Ravens. I, I completely understand that. But against the Bengals, Come on now, come on now. That's the biggest thing I had with Baker Mayfield, and it's the reason why I don't think he'll ever be a top-notch elite quarterback. Is because I know for damn sure you wouldn't see Tom Brady or Drew Brees doing anything like that.
0: Yeah, well, because they don't have any rhythm. Also, true, true. That that is
1: that is also true. You wouldn't see my
0: man Dak Prescott doing that. Maybe not. Well, I mean, we get the opportunity to because the Cowboys don't play, haven't played the Bengals yet, so. Oh, we're going to lose the Bengals. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, buy or sell, um, AJ Green is back. Sell. So, yeah, I figured.
1: I think if anybody has AJ Green and they've been putting him in their lineups and you have an opportunity to sell, do it. If you can get anything for him, go ahead yeah. and do it. But if you can't, I think he's a good bench receiver. I think he's someone that you know is going to be targeted pretty heavily by Joe Burrow. And I know that he's really had an eye for Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, but let's let's not get it confused. That A.J. Green has gotten plenty of opportunity as well. He's just struggled with drops
0: all year long, all year long. Yeah, you don't expect that at A.J. Green. Also, for guys no. in the league for for nine years. No. So uh, buy or sell, and this is one that we
1: I don't know if we talked about it. Um, we maybe did, because it maybe broke during the show. I, yes, it did. I remember, I remember now. Yes, it did. Uh, buy or sell. Giovanni Bernard is a locked and loaded RB2 going forward, as long as Joe Mixon is out.
0: Um, I, mm, I think I'm, I'm buying it, sort of. I think maybe it's a game script sort of thing, um, just because the Bengals were down. Uh, Gio, Gio Bernard did a lot better through the air. Than he than he did on the ground in this game, but I think that's more because Joe Burrow was Joe Burrow threw the ball 47 times, and Gio Bernard only rushed for 13 uh, 13 times for 37 yards. But um, I mean, I think if Joe Burrow is going to keep looking for uh, running backs out of the backfield, and we saw it with Joe Mixon also. I mean, they're not the same. Obviously, Joe Mixon's m- much more talented and has much more ability than Gio Bernard. But still, I think Gio Bernard is a, is a good fill-in for, for Joe Mixon if this game uh, proves anything. It's not the same level of production, of course, but it's, it's pretty good.
1: I'm buying it. I, I am buying it. That Gio Bernard is a lock-and-loaded RB, two. I think that you could talk about the game script, sure. But I think one thing is for certain that you know Giovanni Bernard is getting his receptions, unlike Joe Mixon. That's the one thing about Joe Mixon that just it, it blows my mind that the Bengals would prefer to give Giovanni Bernard the receptions over Joe Mixon. But Joe Mixon's not there. Giovanni Bernard is. And Giovanni Bernard, now you know he will get his receptions regardless of the game script. So if they do, or do, they do get into a position where they do see a positive game script without Joe Mixon, now I'm looking at their schedule. I see week eight. At home versus Tennessee, um, that for me screams like a very negative game script. So that is going to sound like maybe Giovanni Bernard gets sort of the same workload again. Maybe you're talking about 17 to 20 touches, sprinkling, you know, f- somewhere in the range of like 11 to 14 carries, and then you get four or five receptions in there. I think it's probably what you're looking at, and you just have to hope for a touchdown. He had one last week against Indianapolis. Now he has with this week against Cleveland. So. If you can get into the end zone, then yeah, he will definitely, definitely, definitely return value. And then week nine, Cincinnati has their buys, so you can probably expect Joe Mixon back week 10 when they go to Pittsburgh. But then it does get a little nice for, for Cincinnati as they have a four-game swing of at Washington, at home versus the Giants, at Miami, and then they are at home
0: to Dallas. All righty. Uh, one more by ourselves before we move on to Green Bay and Houston. Since Austin Hooper is going to be out for multiple weeks after this one with the appendicitis, uh, recovering from getting his appendix removed, Harrison Bryant is, be, is the number one tight end in Cleveland. He will be a name that is talked about in the waiver wire show. No okay. doubt about it. All I guess that's that. So, moving on. Green Bay going to Houston. Angry Aaron Rodgers. Is the best, Aaron Rodgers. By or sell? Yes, indeed, <laughs> Bye.
1: Bye. He looked, he looked incredible. It's just unfortunate that I unfortunately was on the receiving end of a Devonte Adams pumping. But you know, it 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 does happen. And I think everyone knew that a big time Devonte Adams game was in fact coming. And uh, well, it happened. I mean, the four games that he's played, it's been. Six points, 12 points, 41 points, and 44 points. Such is
0: life. Such is life, yes. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, I get – do you want to do a real buy or sell? Go or, for it. Okay. Um, Robert Tunyon is a one-game wonder.
1: Bye. I've been saying this. I've been saying this. Yep. Sorry. I know it's a very unpopular opinion, but there's a, there's a, there's but- a large – large portion yeah. of people that are um, are very hot on, uh, on Robert Tunyon. But three catches for 25 yards last week on four targets, two catches for 32 yards and two targets this week. Um, that is just not what you want. And you can say that, you know, it all it takes is Devontae Adams injury. Well, guess what? Devontae Adams is there. And it's very clear that Aaron Rodgers is going to discount everybody else that is not, that's not Aaron Jones when he's handing the ball off when number 17 is running routes down the field. That is very, very, very clear. Yeah. That I mean, is the Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams show. Everybody else either get on for the ride or get the fuck out of the way.
0: You're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, even Marquez Valdez-Scanling didn't do anything in this game on four targets. Nope. Alan Devontae coming, Adams show. Alan Lazard's coming back. What did I leave? Nobody's getting anything. Nope. Walk, he'll hours. walk
1: back in and he'll be the number two wide receiver. Yeah. Most likely. Um,
0: buy yourself. David Johnson is a touchdown dependent flex. Buy. Definitely. But I'm buying that. I mean, he just was not able to do anything on the ground. Um, I mean, through the air, is pretty good. Of course, the touchdown saved his day, but I think that the fact, like the David Johnson of four years ago is just not going to happen. And people they are expecting that, it's just not going to happen. We're getting like half of that, maybe a quarter of that uh, or a third of that this year. But I don't, I don't think, people that are expecting more out of David Johnson, I, don't think, I think they're expecting too much.
1: I'm actually going to sell it. I think that David Johnson does get enough volume where he can be a productive enough, fantasy asset but if we're talking about you know being a low-end rb1 that those days are gone you know you can you can, you can kiss that pipe dream goodbye but if you're expecting low-end rb2 numbers where he's getting you a good amount of volume every week uh will contribute in the passing game here and there get you 15 16 points i think that that's very obtainable and his schedule going forward next three weeks he has a buy and then he goes to Jacksonville, which is a great matchup, and he did not deliver when he played uh, Jacksonville. But then they go to Cleveland, and then they are at home against the New England Patriots. So the schedule does get a little bit better for Houston after the bye.
0: Yeah, you're, you're right. It does. So maybe that will be, give us some upside. For, for david johnson but i don't i just i don't,
1: think so. I, I don't know about upside I don't, I don't know if you can use the word upside and david johnson in the same sentence but you're right you still is there to... hope is there hope that maybe you can get a 20 point game somewhere in there from david johnson yes but the receiving numbers have got to come up
0: well they'll most and likely come from your bench to.
1: yeah because yeah. you're and not it also, be and it also really it also really depends on who you have yes you know? that- that's true. It really yeah. depends on what your running back options look like.
0: Yeah, I mean, it depends on where you – yeah, exactly. If you drafted David Johnson in the same area as like Chris Carson, Lev Bell, then you're kind of like fucked unless you traded really well or picked up or did uh, perform well on the waiver wire. Well, I
1: mean, that,
0: that's got to be something. That's got to be an episode that we do. It's
1: got to be looking back on like pre-draft ADP and seeing what the, what the trends were at that at that time because that would be a fascinating episode yes maybe we should do maybe we should do that maybe we should do a waiver wire episode and then we could do that tomorrow maybe i'll look into it i'll look into it and see what i can find and maybe maybe we do that tomorrow that that would be that would be very very interesting
0: yeah, no, it will be fascinating because, I mean, the amount of play, like either players that change teams or just players that uh, either outperformed their ADP or underperformed their ADP, it would be interesting to look at. For sure. Certainly. All right, well, Bird, cover your ears, cover your eyes. We're talking about Dallas and Washington. Bird has unplugged himself from this podcast, so it is just me at this moment. And, oh, boy. I mean, Dallas just can't, can't do anything with, without Dak. I mean, this, Jerry Jones is like, maybe I should have paid Dak all along. Actually, maybe Dak was a, bit, was a bigger part of the scene than, than, we, than I thought. because He is the team. Yes. Because this is like, the offense is nothing without Dak Prescott right now.
1: Adam, need listened to listen very closely
0: hmm Very
1: closely. Listen, listen, very closely as well. Mercury is in retrograde yes. as we speak, as we speak, as you are all very well aware. We are learning so much more about the red planet known as Mercury. I know it's Jupiter, but fuck you. I get
0: it. I thought Mars was a red planet. Oh, fuck you. What are you, Galileo? <laughs> fuck you. We <We're laughs> I can't. I can't. Again. I was uncalled for. <laughs> <Again>.
1: <laughs> we are learning more and more about Mercury every single day. We're also learning a lot more about him. Him. That quarterback. That red haired quarterback. What, what, what's his name again? Andy Dalton. Right, right, right. Him. The name I can't say. Right, 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 right. That guy. That guy. He's awful. The saving grace that I have now. And obviously, we don't root for injuries, but Andy Dalton, get well soon. Now, Ben Donucci is the quarterback. Ben Donucci. Good Italian boy. And we say it one more time. Say it one more time, Adam. Just sure. for you. Go for Just it. You? Ben Donucci. Yeah. Ben Donucci. Beautiful, beautiful time, man. This team is all sorts of fucked. And I'm telling you, Jerry Jones is really lucky that next Sunday night that game is in Philadelphia because, oh my God, it is about to get ugly in AT&T Stadium on Sundays. Jerry Jones is better off watching the game from his yacht. You're not wrong. Because Jerry Jones is going to hear words that he has probably never heard before in his life thrown at him. Because, boy, has this been a fucking disaster this season. From not giving Dak a contract extension to short-arming a coaching search which clearly jerry jones had no interest in doing at all because it was up to him he would have given jason garrett a five-year contract extension to the injuries all of them whether it's Dak prescott whether it's tyron smith whether it's zach martin whether it's lyle collins whether it's been travis frederick whether it's been in and out with leighton vanderesh
0: god you just named four fifths of the three fifths of the offensive line yeah
1: yeah and now you have a football team that is on the verge of fucking imploding and i i you may see you may see the uh, the mushroom cloud from where you are in port washington when this whole thing just goes kaboom from dallas because this is going to get ugly this is going to get ugly really fast
0: the weird thing is even when tony romo was injured in like 2015 the cowboys weren't even weren't like atrocious because there was a structure there Because there was an
1: actual foundation for a team. There was something there. There was, as much as I hate to be the guy to go back and, and actually compliment Jason Garrett on something, I'll compliment Jason Garrett on one thing, that Jason Garrett, some way, somehow, was able to keep everything in. All the issues that were going on in Dallas, if there was an issue in the locker room or anything like that, it all stayed in. Nothing got out, and everybody was in line. But now versus Mike McCarthy, who now has no fucking clue, and now you have shit leaking left, right, and center about Mike McCarthy and, and his coaching staff and his style. And I'm telling you right now, Mike McCarthy's not going to last the year. He, he's not going to last the year. I would be amazed if he does. And – I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Jerry Jones should not be responsible for picking the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. It should be Will McClay. Jerry Jones should just be signing the fucking check when it comes time to do so. So see,
0: so is Will McClay the GM, quote-unquote? So how does that work? I Will, thought Ma- Jerry- well, okay. Will McClay is the, ex- is the executive vice president of
1: player personnel. So basically, it's him and Stephen Jones that make all of the decisions. Okay. Will McClay is the one guy, and he's the one football guy in the room, if that makes sense. Yes, that does make sense. Whereas Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones are not necessarily the football guys. There's the guys with the deep pockets. Will McClay has the, foot, has the NFL background and knows the league and everything about it. So
0: that's where he comes in. Just make him a GM. It's so I mean this is this proves that That the a- won't happen. I know Adam. Adam. I know. I know. That's not gonna happen. I know who the I know who the owner of the Dallas Cowboys is. It's never gonna happen. Not a shot. This just proves that that the antiquated system having the owner be the GM <laughs> is antiquated and shouldn't happen anymore.
1: Hey Adam. <laughs> I'll give you three options, then we'll move on to the next game just because I don't want to talk about this game anymore. Okay. Rank these things as the most likely to happen. Jerry Jones signs Colin Kaepernick. Okay. Jerry Jones concedes being general manager of the Dallas Cowboys.
0: Or there being a two-foot blizzard in hell. I, I'm going to say that a two-foot blizzard in hell being the most likely scenario <laughs> out of, those two op- out of the, these three options. And what's number two? I want to hear what number two is. Oh God. Do I even have to pick? I think Jeez. this this is tough. I think that Jerry Jones signing Colin Kaepernick is probably more likely than him seating power. Okay, we agree. As GM. We agree. Because I don't think I don't think he would ever he would ever do that. God no. Oh God, no.
1: Jerry Jones is gonna go to his grave with the brass ring.
0: Yeah. He's gonna find a way to get. Uh, Wi-Fi in in the afterlife. And it's like I'm still going to be the GM of the Cowboys, even though I'll I'm still dead. be looking
1: to push that draft card in for Johnny Manziel.
0: <laughs> even it will come wrestle out of me, boy. Oh my god! All right, so let's move on to the Lions and the Falcons. God, those Falcon uniforms. I mean, they looked war- they looked terrible in the in the in the pre-release. They look terrible. Are you f- nuts? What do you mean? Those things are gorgeous. The gradient ones? The red? Red and black. The are red and you black high? Gradient. No. Are you high? No. Those look terrible. Those things were stunning. No. No, no, no. Stunning. No. Gradient... S-T-U-N-N-I-N-G. Gradients belong in college. You belong in college. <sighs> Jeez. No, not a not a fan. You're out of your mind. No, 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 no. It looked like they were wearing, like, high waisted pants. You are high. No. Continue, please. Okay. Continue. Another Falcon choke job. Yay. Roses are red, violets are blue. The Falcons lost lead in the fourth quarter. What else is new? Yep. Uh, Todd Gurley. Trying to score, trying to not score, but he scored anyway. That was the most obscene thing I think I've ever seen. That you have Gerard Davis, who is trying to signal a touchdown for Todd Gurley. trying to picture the official calls a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> and then Todd Gurley's like in the fetal position. He's like, no, 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 I don't want to score. It was the most ass-backwards thing I've ever seen. And then you have all the lines surrounding him. And I was like, what happened? Imagine showing that picture to somebody with no context. Like, what do you think is going on in this situation? Like, did that guy, like, get shot and everybody's crowding around him to make sure he's okay? Uh, A lot of
1: people would probably think so, yes. Yeah. Buy or sell. TJ Hawkinson is absolutely incredible. Buy. He's absolutely incredible. Is he, would you say he's a Hall of Fame caliber tight end?
0: No, he's not Hunter Henry.
1: Uh, Nobody's Hunter Henry. Look who he does to me! He brings a nice smile to my face. Love Hunter Henry, great guy, friend of the friend of the program.
0: Um. Yeah. No, I don't really have too many. Buyers. Oh, buy or sell.
1: Buy or sell. Matt Ryan is a must start with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley.
0: Bye. He's got. I mean, he only threw one touchdown. Interesting. I'm selling that. But I think that this game was we. I, I don't know. This game was weird. Like, I mean, the Falcons were leading for, through most of the game, so he was running the ball. They were running the ball a lot, but he still threw for 338 yards and the one touchdown. But with, with, the, with Matt Ryan's full complement of receivers, he's a good quarterback. Yeah, I'm no, I'm no
1: doubt selling this. I don't think Matt Ryan is a must-start. I really don't. Um, his matchups the next couple of weeks are all right. At Carolina, Denver, by at New Orleans. I'm looking at his playoff schedule, however. It is not good. At Los Angeles, the Chargers. At home versus the Bucks, And then at Kansas City for the Week 16 Championship. Now, if you're looking for a negative game script sort of game, then I guess Matt Ryan can be your guy in Kansas City. But for me, that is just one that I do not want to touch with a 10-foot
0: pole. Well, especially since Kansas City's defense has really come around. To be really good, which we'll get to. Yeah, which we will get to. I am not looking forward to next week. I I think I'm going to cry. Oh, you might get pumped. I yeah. You might get pumped. (sighs) Anyway, Carolina at New Orleans in the Superdome. Buy or sell. DJ Moore is back as the number one as a uh, top fifteen receiver. Sell. So I won't say DJ Moore is a top
1: 15 receiver, but I will say that the Carolina Panthers do have two top 24 receivers that you can go ahead and play on any given week in Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. Both had very good games. Robbie Anderson has really been Mr. Consistent for that offense the entire season as it brings much dismay to Adam. Again, roses are red, vials are blue. Adam Gaze lost a very good player. What else is new? And Robbie Anderson looks great. He looked great. Matt Rule knows how to use him. Of course, going back to their days at Temple. I mean yeah. nobody can be surprised by this. Nobody can be surprised that Robbie Anderson leaves Adam Gaze and he finds his second win. That's
0: what happens. And because Adam Gaze is cancer. Yeah.
1: And DJ Moore looked, he looked great. He looked great. Buy or sell here. Mike Davis Days
0: as a reliable running back start, are done. Well, I think, what's the ETA on Christian McCaffrey coming back from injury?
1: You know, that's a very good question. And, you know, they, they have a Thursday night game this week. They play, of course, Atlanta. Yep. There is a big part of me that hopes that Christian McCaffrey will be back this week against Atlanta because they need him, because Mike Davis looks – he looks done. He looks done. He had his moment in the sun, and the last two weeks he's looked not great. Only 64 combined yards on the ground, 27 combined yards through the air. That's not good. Something tells me, however, that the Carolina Panthers know – that they are very much out of the picture of being a playoff team. They're a rebuilding franchise. And there's something that tells me that they could just go and say, you know what? To hell with it. And they continue to sit Christian McCaffrey. Now that sucks for all of us that are waiting on Christian McCaffrey to come back. But that is just the harsh reality of what fantasy is. And. You know, the the Carolina Panthers obviously are not looking out for their for the fantasy owners of Christian McCaffrey in this instance yeah. where, you know, we could be talking about we it's the timeline has moved. The timeline has moved, I think at least three times. We're talking about week seven, he could be back to week eight there was hope, and now that we're talking about week nine or week ten. So yeah. I, think, yeah. I think I think the most realistic scenario, if you had to ask me right now, is that he misses Thursday night against Atlanta but is back week nine versus Kansas City. That, for me, if I had to, to guess, to take an educated guess on when Christian McCaffrey would be back, I would say it's week nine at Kansas City. I would say Thursday is a little soon, but then giving Christian McCaffrey 10 more days to, to work up his, his ankle again, rest, do what he has to do, test it out, make sure he's good to go, that seems to me the more like the realistic time frame for when McCaffrey could be back.
0: Well, to answer your question, after this long-winded uh, explanation of when Christian McCaffrey might come back, I still think that Mike Davis's days are, are over as a starting caliber fantasy running back. you got to go in, in, a, in a different direction I if, you, if you have a good backup. If you have a backup, I mean, Mike Davis just will not help you in the slightest. I don't agree with that. I don't think I think he will help you in the slightest. I think
1: Chicago and New Orleans have two very good run defenses. So that could explain a lot. And I would say that Atlanta has bled points to That is also true. any opposing offensive player. So, um Thursday I would save it for the way I would win. recommend save it the, for
0: tomorrow, Birch.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, but we you know Thursday, you know, if Mike Davis is the guy, you're gonna start him. If Christian McCaffrey somehow comes back and he's the guy, I may be salivating at the mouth. Yeah, because Christian McCaffrey may put up fifty.
0: Yeah, no, it's gonna be it might be one of those games. And two I would straight, mind. two straight weeks of fifty of uh, fifty point performances—that would be pretty cool. Next game is Pittsburgh. And Tennessee, this will take us to the end of the 1 o'clock game slot. And what is your buy or sell? Buy or sell? Juju Smith-Schuster is back as the number one
1: receiver in Pittsburgh.
0: Well, I sort of buy it. I'm in the middle. I mean, the touchdowns obviously weren't there. Um, Deontay Johnson got both of those from Big Ben. But as far as the target share... Juju got got that target share. He has fourteen targets, and Deontay Johnson got uh, got fifteen. Where that? What happened to Chase Claypool? I mean, Jesus Christ! One catch for negative two yards. He fucked a lot of people. I can only imagine. He fucked a lot of people. Um, I think that just like in uh in Los Angeles with the Rams, it's like this is a receiver committee. There's no I guess how. So. It's because you know Deontay Johnson's been out injured. It's either will he, won't he, as far as whether or not he's going to be playing. So I think that Chase Culpepper went into that situation to be the number two, and he overtook Juju, and that's in that regard. But right right now, with the top three options in Pittsburgh being healthy, it's got it's Juju, it's Deontay Johnson, and then let's not forget about Eric Ebron also, who got six catches for, for 50 yards off of eight targets. I'm
1: selling this. I'm selling this. But I think, it, like you said, Adam, I completely agree with you. I think that it's just going to rotate every other week between who the number one guy is, you know, Deontay Johnson with two touchdowns. Chase Claypool doing nothing after two weeks of being the, the flavor of the month. Uh, Juju coming back strong and having a, uh, a very nice game in, in, in PPR. I don't think that there is really a number one receiver in this offense. I think that the ball is going to be spread out pretty evenly. And it's just a matter of which guy is going to get into the end zone on any given week. So I I think that there is no number one in this offense. I think they have three great receivers that they're going to continue to incorporate into the game plan. It's just going to be frustrating for fantasy because I don't think there's going to be two guys that have absolutely huge days. It's going to be one guy has a monster day and the other two are kind of left trying to salvage something. And that was the exact case in this game. Deontay Johnson had a monster day. Juju had a good, if not unspectacular day, and Chase Claypool
0: had a bomb week. Yeah, you're definitely right. Uh, The Titans receivers did really well, though. I mean, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis lit up the the yard.
1: I mean, I keep telling people about Corey Davis.
0: I'm aware. Trust me. All right, so we are into 4 o'clock, yay, and 4.05, but to be more specific – uh, Tampa Bay, at Las Vegas, at the Death Star. Um. Oh, man. Can you AJ it? Antonio Brown's coming into this. This is crazy. That going
1: to be insane. Absolutely did you, crazy. Did you, did you see what Bruce Arians said? What did he say? It's not verbatim, but he basically said, come in here, know your role, or get out. Well, yeah. Not, not verbatim. Not verbatim, but it is so clear that Bruce Arians is livid that Antonio Brown is going in there.
0: Yeah, well, he's like, that is not his call. uh, He's like, I have such a great. He's he's in such a great situation where he has a great, a really good amount of weapons. Uh, Even like the the fourth or fifth guy had the best day out of all of them, Scotty Miller, and. Now, Antonio Brown's coming into this mix. It's, it's crazy. I will tell you that when there's a star player that sort of circumnavigates
1: the coach and goes to the GM to get what he wants or resolve but an like issue, goes to Tom Brady. That creates a big problem in the locker room. It does. It does create a problem. But again, it is Tom Brady, number one. Number two, Tom Brady has personally vouched for Antonio Brown. And number three, I think as long as they keep winning, it doesn't really matter. If the Bucks go to the playoffs and they're going to the NFC Championship game, they're totally fine. You know, under the rug, no big deal. But if Antonio Brown comes in, becomes an issue, and this locker room just becomes, you know, a, a fucking disaster, then who does it look bad on? It looks awful on Tom Brady. And there'll be questions that he will have to answer about why you bring a guy that is known to split locker rooms apart. He did it in Pittsburgh. He did it in Oakland and he did it in New England. Why are you bringing him in to this locker room again?
0: Well, that's the, yeah, it's the, the fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice. Or fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Very good. You got it. I almost, I almost did the George Bush version of that. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, my buy or sell about this could either be about Ronald Jones or about Josh Jacobs. So I think I'm going to make this about Josh Jacobs and say that. So buy or sell, this game was an aberration for Josh Jacobs.
1: Buy. Buy. It was a a negative game script. Uh, Did not help him at all. Um, I'm not concerned about Josh Jacobs. Bad week. Move on. Yep, I mean we could we could briefly talk about uh,
0: Tampa Bay running backs if you if you would like to. I would like to actually because it would benefit okay. me personally. <laughs> of course, uh, selfish yeah. prick. It's, it's one of my other personality traits. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this running back committee in uh, in Tampa Bay, it's it's interesting, to say the least. I think this is one of those things where. Um, Ronald Jones is getting most of the work on the ground. If if all things are if all players are healthy, it's going to be Ronald Jones gets all most of the work on the ground, and then in the passing game, it's going to be Leonard Fournette. I mean, that's what. Yeah, yeah, and I also think that Leonard Fournette
1: got more of a look in this game because this game was not close. So they had the opportunity to pull Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones has been playing really well. Had a touchdown in this game. They pulled Ronald Jones. They gave Leonard Fournette a run just because they wanted to see what they have in him. And Leonard Fournette, he was okay on the ground. Had 11 carries versus Ronald Jones at 13, but had six receptions on seven targets. So I think I think I still don't think Leonard Fournette is really going to be much of anything in fantasy. So um, if you again, if you could trade him for something, definitely do it. But For me, he's just not someone that I am screaming to uh, run and get right now. I think that he's better off served on waiver wire. And, you know, there are guys in fantasy that are better off. Even though they're performing, you're not going to be starting them at any week at any given time. Leonard Fournette screams like one of those guys where I think he's just better off on waiver wire. If someone picks him up, he becomes their own problem. I will say, though, if Ronald Jones gets hurt. Then that becomes a bit of a tricky situation where my advice kind of can backfire. Yeah. Well, I think just it really depends on what you think going forward about this this Bucks uh, backfield situation and if you think Ronald Jones is a a risk of getting hurt.
0: Yeah, I think this is one of those things where if one player goes down, then the other player is upgraded to is upgraded to a a huge level. Where, yes. So when Leonard Fournette was hurt, Ronald Jones went off. And with both of them healthy, it's more—it's more even. But yeah, I—I I agree. Though I don't think Leonard Fournette on his own is really worth worth uh, starting, unless Ronald Jones is hurt. I agree. I agree yeah. With you. All right. So this game, San Francisco at New England. Oh my goodness! Listen, I can't say I'm not—I wasn't happy about this because I was just because of the, the circumstances of what happened. But still, that game you know who's playing on t- in two weeks on Monday? The Patriots and the Jets. You're damn right. Oh, boy. It's going to be the lowest scoring patch Jets game in years. By yourself, Patriots are very
1: bad. And Cam Newton and Julian Edelman should be cut and dropped in all
0: formats. I buy it. I, I buy it, too. I buy I it. Just, yeah, I mean... San Francisco has a good defense, yes, but this team just cannot get anything going. There's no life. Cam Newton looked awful. Yeah. Cam Newton looked awful.
1: Joe Numan, there, there's just nothing there with him and Cam. There, there's nothing.
0: Do you think he's still playing through – you still feeling the residual effects from, from being sick? He could.
1: He definitely could from, from COVID, no doubt. But still, you know, if you're playing, you're expected to be 100%. If you're not 100%, don't play. Bert, and you,
0: don't be naive. You know that... Well, not it's the truth. It's no, the I know. Truth. At this point in the season, though, players aren't players who, who are playing are not 100%. Per se.
1: Well, I'm talking about for Cam specifically, Yeah. where he's dealt with COVID. So if Cam still does not feel like he's 100% back from COVID, which... I would completely understand if he's not, because obviously. But he's not hundred percent. Don't play. Because guess what? He's only killing himself. Yeah. I'm not saying that you know in a literal way, but I'm saying that in a metaphorical and financial sense. Where who, who who's gonna pay Cam now? We were talking just three weeks ago that Cam looks like he could be the franchise quarterback for the New England Patriots. <laughs> My, oh, my, have the mighty have fallen. Yep. This team is bad. This team is really, really, really bad. And, you know, Bill Belichick is one of the great fixers of big-time problems in the history of football. I don't know if he can fix this. Because this looks like a job, a rebuild job, that is going to take years to do and i really am starting to question whether or not bill belichick is going to be the head coach of the patriots come next year if they don't have a high draft pick if they're picking in the middle and they cannot get a quarterback that can come in and become the guy i think bill belichick could be on the way out
0: He's not going to get fired. He's they're going to look. No, 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 no. No, No, I'm
1: not not saying he'll he'll get fired. I'm just saying that he could just get up and walk. Yes. And say, you know what? This is just not a job I want to do. I should be contending for championships. I should not be in a rebuilding team, which is what the Patriots really are turning out to be.
0: Well, yeah. I think they, I mean, they were just coasting on the the waning years of Tom Brady where they're like, we could just not have wide receivers aside from Julian Adam and we'll be fine. Adam, you're 100% correct. We'll be fine. Correct.
1: And you could also talk about how the, the Patriots have had seven, eight, nine defensive players that are normally starters for them that have been out because they're not playing because of COVID as opt-outs. That's true. But still, it's not an excuse.
0: Yeah. It's not an excuse. Dante Hightower doesn't play offense. The offense is terrible. The offense is the worst part of their team. The defense is actually pretty good.
1: See, I wouldn't say that. I think the the defense has been carved up, but the defense has also been put in some pretty nasty spots because of the offense, because of picks, because of fumbles, because of dumb decisions that Cam Newton has made. And, you know, Edelman can't do it by himself. He can't do it by himself. I mean, there is not anybody else in that offense that can hold up and do what Julian Edelman has done in the past and what he still can sort of do. But he's got to be given an opportunity to do it, and he has not been given that opportunity. So, um, I think Edelman is very, 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 very droppable in fantasy.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it was—I was listening to to the Westwood One call with Chris Carino and Brian Baldinger, and it was the fourth quarter. Julian Edelman got his first catch, and it's like Julian Edelman with the catch—that's his first catch all game. And it's like, oh wow, yeah. It was his first catch all game.
1: Unbelievable. Yep. And I believe it was Jared Stidham that gave him the, the reception. I don't even
0: think it was Cam. It was not Cam. Because Cam got pulled it was Jared Stidham. earlier. So, yes, yeah, it, was, it was Jared Stidham. On yep. the good side, I mean, by or sell, with Raheem Mostert out, Jeff Wilson Jr., as long as he's healthy, he's the number one in the, in the uh, 49ers backfield.
1: It doesn't look that way because he got carted off. So yeah. it looks like a, here could be a major injury there. Um, and it looks like it's going to be the uh, Jeff Hasty and
0: – It's Jermichael uh, Hasty, isn't it? Jermichael
1: Hasty, yes. I could bind Jeff Wilson and, and uh, Jermichael Hasty. It could be Jermichael Hasty and Jarrett McKinnon being the, uh, the guys for, uh, for the 49ers. Don't forget Kyle Juszczyk. Oh, yes, Kyle Juszczyk, of course. He's going to Yeah, we're not talking about Tevin Coleman either. You know, I don't know if there is anything that's come out of Tevin Coleman. That's just been all quiet in the Western front, but that's another guy. If, he, if he's healthy and available, he can come in and, and potentially muck up this backfield even more.
0: Is he still on IR, Tevin Coleman? I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. So, yeah. Uh, Kansas City and Denver. What a game this was. What a game this was. This was fun. This is
1: actually It was actually a fun game to watch for the first half. And when the snow stopped, I was kind of like, okay, this game just sucks.
0: <laughs> yeah. Our first snow game of the year. Very exciting.
1: Do we before Halloween? Yeah. While Mercury is in retrograde. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful planet.
0: Uh, what's your buy or sell for this?
1: Um, true lock is bad. Yeah. Bye. See. See, I was having this conversation during, during the, uh, the game yesterday, and there's nothing we could say about the Chiefs. Chiefs are very good. But I was having this conversation during the game where I said, I don't know if Drew Locke is bad or if he's good. Because we've seen Drew Locke be good before. But we've, we've, He's struggling. He's struggling big time. And you can say that
0: Drew Locke doesn't have weapons, but is that the case? I mean, he has two starting caliber running backs. He is a number one receiver in Jerry Judy. He's a number one tight end in Noah Fant. I mean, Sam Darnold would literally kill for those weapons. He's got KJ Hamler too. He's got Tim Patrick. He's got three receivers that
1: I'm, I'm not saying they're superstar receivers, but very serviceable receivers. And Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay, Noah Fant, Adam, you make all the points that I made yesterday in saying that I think Drew Locke is just bad because this is an offense that I, th- I think is is really good. Now, the defense, on the other hand, that that's something that needs to be talked about because the defense is 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 tragic. Defense is very bad, but the offense should be way better than it is. And and we also have a Melvin Gordon problem, where yeah, Philip Lindsay looks like the better back. Yeah, well, if Philip Lindsay
0: clears uh, concussion protocol, then it's going to be Philip Lindsay,
1: I feel like. It should be. It should be. Because
0: Vic Fangio has probably had enough of Melvin Gordon. I think I've had enough of Melvin Gordon.
1: Me too. They never should have
0: signed him in the first place. I know. I know. Trust me. It made no sense. And yet here we are. And here we are. I mean, I think Melvin Gordon... I mean, by yourself, Evan Gordon's a touchdown dependent flex. Sell. 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 I think, I think he's a RB2,
1: but I think Philip Lindsay is closing in on being a high end flex, if not low level RB2.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Lev Bell looked all right in his debut for Kansas City. How'd that taste? Yeah. Wasn't great. Well, listen, I wasn't in favor of it. It's Adam Gaze, it's the can, it's the cancerous problem. Oh, Adam gaze! It's not a me problem. It's a him problem. What a guy. Such an asshole. (laughs) I hate him. Anyway, so is there anything else you want to talk about from this game? Or we can move on to uh, our penultimate game, which is Jacksonville and Los Angeles. Yeah, we can move on. All right. Let's do that then. So, as I just said, Jacksonville and Los Angeles. Uh, wow, this game. I mean, buy or sell. Justin Herbert is startable in most weeks going forward. I, Buy.
1: Yeah, he's – I think moving forward the rest of the season, I have not updated those ranks yet. That's something I have to do later in the day. But my rest of the season ranks, it's going to be very tough to keep Justin Herbert below guys like, uh, like Jimmy Garoppolo, Drew Brees, Jared Goff, I think at the end of the day, I'll be putting Justin Herbert inside my top 15 rest of season, if not putting him inside my top 12 rest of season options.
0: Justin Herbert's going to be the guy. He's going to break the Oregon quarterback curse.
1: Well, Justin Herbert looks like Joe Montana compared to Marcus Mariota, because we all know how Marcus Mariota is. Marcus Mariota is the worst quarterback in the National Football League.
0: Yeah. And also, let's not forget about Joey Harrington as well. Joey Harrington's out of the league. Yeah.
1: He's out of the league. He is out of the Marcus league. Mariota is still technically under contract. Oh, yeah. He's the backup for the, uh, for the Ra- uh, Raiders. Ben Danucci makes Marcus Mariota look like – makes himself look like John Elway compared to Marcus Mariota. Yeah. I almost called Marcus Mariota John Elway. That would have been terrible.
0: That I could not even off. imagine. My God, I would, I, would, I would off myself in this podcast. Well, that would be even worse. Doom, 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 doom. Do you have anything else from this game? I can't think of anything else at the moment.
1: Uh, buy or sell the Jaguars should bench Gardner
0: Minshew. Um, actually, I looked up who their backup is Mike Glennon. It's Mike Lennon. That's right. Would you really rather have Mike Lennon over Gardner Minshew? Uh, the answer is no. So. That that answers my question. I mean, that answers your question, really. I think that it's only a second it's only a second year in the league for Gardner Minshew. This team is not good. This team is not supposed to be good. And um and the fact of the matter is, is that Gardner Minshew is trying to do the best that he can. And I don't know if the if the if uh, Jacksonville the people in Jacksonville really think that he's franchise quarterback material. So he's playing for his next contract, but that's years down the line. So uh, I don't know. Gardner Minshew is one of those guys. I mean, you know, back in the old days, you'd know definitively whether or not a guy was bad or not. You have all these mediocre quarterbacks that show you flashes. And you're you're right. And make you conflicted on all of your opinions. So, yeah, I I don't know. Do you want to give him more time where you just pull the plug now? I don't think you have a better option in Mike Lennon. You just don't. No, no, I don't either. I don't either.
1: I think you let Gardner Minshew play it out. You see what you have. And if he does suck, worst case scenario, you get a number one or number two pick and you get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields.
0: Yep, you're right. All right, this game, the big game, our final game. You know, I was wrong when I said that Pittsburgh and Tennessee should have moved to Sunday night because I'm very happy that this game was moved to Sunday night. This is a great game. This was a really good game. Can you imagine if we had Tampa Bay and Las Vegas? We had that fucking blowout for a Sunday football game instead of this masterpiece. That would have sucked. That would have sucked. That would have absolutely, absolutely
1: sucked. Um, so during this game, I had on the overtime, I had Seahawks minus three and a half and I had DK Metcalf touchdown in that over on that overtime drive. Oh boy. When he ran it in, I went fucking ape shit. And then I saw the flag. That was my day in a nutshell. I went and six yesterday, three leagues. I went with Tyler Lockett. Two leagues went up against DeMonte Adams. Two leagues went up against Justin Herbert. One league I went up against DeMonte Adams, Tyler Lockett, and Justin Herbert. I am so done with
0: this week. So done. Buy or sell, Bird? The Cardinals are real. The Cardinals are legit. Are a legit contender.
1: Um, Sell. So, I don't think they are a legit contender yet. But can they be a playoff team? Will they be a playoff team? I believe so. And with the kind of team that they have, they can absolutely make noise. No doubt about it. But to say they are a contender where if they are playing in a potential NFC Divisional or an NFC Championship game where they have to go to Seattle, let's say, or to Lambeau, that's a big spot for Kyler Murray to be in. And against quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson on their own home turf, that is a very, very big thing to ask a young quarterback like Kyler Murray to do. So I will sell that.
0: Okay. But are they close to being in the top tier of NFC teams? Yes. No doubt about it. As an ancillary one, by sell. Kyler Murray is the best running back on the Arizona Cardinals at this moment.
1: Uh, Bye Bye Obviously Best wishes to uh, Kenyon Drake It looked like a uh, A really really serious uh, Ankle injury That he That he suffered But uh, We'll be talking about Chase Edmonds I guess tomorrow
0: Yep Yeah Do you have a buy or sell For this?
1: Um, Buy or sell I fucking hate Russell Wilson And I
0: fucking hate Tyler Lockett Bye Yep I agree Okay Monday night, Monday night, Chicago at Los Angeles. As far as the injury, the injuries, not a ton. It's just Tyler Higby, really, for the Rams, and it looks like he. So he's expected to play with the with the hand injuries, questionable, yes. but expected to play. So that's good. That's good to hear. So for your starter meter, Nick Foles, five. Nick Foles revenge game. Fuck it. Nick Foles revenge game. For a second I was like revenge game. Oh yeah, he played for the Rams when they were terrible. Yep. That yep. was the first that was the first uh, near 100 billion dollar contract. <sighs> yep. But that was the St. Louis Rams. We don't talk about the St. Louis Rams anymore. No, apparently not. All about LA. Yep. David Montgomery. Six. Cordero Patterson. -975 already uh alan robinson seven anthony miller four jimmy graham six and then bears defense five five yeah so well i mean we sort of talked about this but alan robinson you know is getting the, G- the Jalen ramsey experience in this game do you think that's really gonna how much of a hindrance is that going to be He'll see. He'll see a bit of Jalen
1: Ramsey, but I think the Chicago will move him around a bit, and they'll rotate in terms of who's getting that
0: Jalen Ramsey experience. All right, and then for the Rams, Jared Goff, uh,
1: five.
0: Darrell Henderson, eight. Cam Akers, one. Malcolm Brown, four. Robert Woods, six. Cooper Cup, seven. Tyler Higby, two. Gerald Everett. One. Rams defense. Seven. Yeah, I like the Rams defense in this game also. yes yeah. because Nick Foles is has the penchant for turning the football over. He's uh had four interceptions already in the uh, in the games that he's played. And Jargoff and he's only played like half the of the season, half the games played already. And Jargoff has played every single game so far and he and he only has four interceptions. So Nick Foles has turned the ball over a fair amount.
1: Yeah, I think the Rams' defense is a very uh, good play this week if you uh, are still in need of a defense. And I think the opposite way around, too. I think the Chicago Bears are a, uh, a good play. They've turned it on recently in the last couple of weeks. And I think that this will be a good opportunity for a ton of sacks and potentially a couple of turnovers for uh, both the defenses in this match.
0: All righty. And then are you worried about um, the Rams' re- uh, receivers at all going into this game?
1: no 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 i think i think at this point you kind of know what you're getting out of the Rams receivers these are going to be you know solid floor or nothing or it's going to be solid floor or a monster sort of game yeah but i would say if there's one ram receiver that i think has a monster game tonight it does screen to me like it's a cooper cup
0: sort of night all right well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Amazon. And that's under the Basement Talk Podcast umbrella, where you can find the Fantasy Show, the Vanilla Basement Talk Podcast, and the Quiz Vitational. And soon, very soon, a new addition to the Basement Talk Podcast family, which is very, very exciting. I don't know. It's very exciting. We might talk to you about it tomorrow, potentially.
1: Uh, we might. And then we also have the Vanilla Basement Talk podcast that will be uh, coming back over the weekend
0: with a brand new episode. So stay on the lookout for that. Yep. From my co-host, Ed Birdsell, I am Adam Caster, and we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk podcast fantasy show. Bye-bye.